0: Hey everyone, this is the Never Heard of It Podcast. This is Sean Harwell, and this is a show where we talk about the movies that have fallen through our cracks and yours. I'm joined as always today by my co host Craig Moorhead. Craig, how are you, sir, on this fine March evening?
1: Sean I'm doing great. I'm I'm happy that we've made it this far as a country as a people as a Mm -hmm. planet uh a few years ago i I wasn't sure we'd be here right now and i think that's worth celebrating so uh happy march day to you Sean.
0: let's uh let's hedge our bets a little bit on this all right
1: Uh, (laughs) why (laughs) Why? what what could go wrong
0: yeah let's see but i was just thinking you know this uh this podcast we're recording and then it'll come out like a week later Mm. uh Coronavirus, complete pandemic, total wipe us off the planet. Yeah or nay. Taking the over the under by then. Um. Wow. I mean, right now it seems, you know, it seems manageable. It seems okay.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm I mean,
0: sorry, anybody who's got it, but.
1: I'm going to say, yeah, with all deference, to the people who have it and the people who have it real bad or have passed away, which is a terrible thing. I kind of feel like the coronavirus is the kind of virus that wants to live for a long time. So it's actually not going to wipe us off the earth. It's going to find new homes in us every day. Hmm.
0: Well, you heard it here first, guys. Craig Moorhead. Thanks.
1: <laughs> Dr. Craig Moorhead.
0: Dr. Craig. Uh, well, that's, you know, let's just hope for the best, I guess. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. You know, March is, is trucking along here and then we'll we get into spring. And I mean, all viruses die in the spring, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. As soon as the sun comes out. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to sell the sun today. Anyway, mm. we're talking movies today. Uh, hopefully you listened to the Tee Up episode. We're going to get into Neil Jordan's film, High Spirits from 1988 in just a little bit. But uh, Craig, you want to very quickly remind people where they can find us online and then uh, how they can uh, subscribe and all that jazz.
1: I'd love to tell everybody where, where you, they you can find us. Guys, if you're looking for us, here's where you can find us online. You can find us on Twitter. We're at Never Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. Also, just go to Facebook, look for Never Podcast. Uh, it's a warning as well as what we call ourselves online. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Instagram, you'll find us at N-H-O-I-T Podcast, which is super cool. Um, these are all three places you can find us and you can contact us through there. If anything, if we do anything that you dislike, you can send us a like a, three pages of just all the bile and, 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 and anger that's inside of you. You can just unload it on us. That's what mm-hmm. we're here for. Uh, you but can only find... on
0: Twitter so that it's like all real short pieces. Yes. So just,
1: yeah, just a huge thread <laughs> yeah. of, of anything that's, that's got your goat. But uh, where you can find the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Stitcher. Uh, and you find us in a whole bunch of places. Anywhere you find us, if you do enjoy what you've heard if you could leave a review or, or, a, or a little, you know, little star, uh, uh, hey, hey, you know, little thing <laughs> little there, star, hey, hey. a little star, yeah. hey, hey, or, <laughs> or, or if you want to subscribe, uh, all those things are really super cool, uh, to kind of keep our podcast going. And we just like to say, Hey, we really appreciate everyone, uh, listening. We, we have, uh, people really all over the world, uh, which is really exciting.
0: That's right. And, you know, I've actually been using Twitter more in 2020, I only really to read. I haven't been really tweeting myself mm-hmm. at all. And uh, I still find my, you know, just like, I should tweet something. I was like, I don't know what to tweet. So I just don't tweet anything. Yeah. But uh, there's some great, I mean, just some great film uh, oriented places to follow and Cinephilia and Beyond is one that jumps to mind and just, you know, you so many gifts and, and images if you're really excited about movies, it's a good place to just, uh, just go and read and it, it, you know, you can usually sort of weed out some of the political discussion and crap that sort of overflows on Facebook I, I'm finding. That is uh, key. Yeah, so this is a hot take on Twitter, uh, which has been around for about 85 years now. So uh, <laughs> There's that, and uh, Craig, real quickly, I want to plug another podcast that is somewhat related mm. uh, to the movie world. Well, actually, a lot related to the movie world, and that is uh, "Catch and Kill" by Ronan Farrow, which is also Ooh, the name works. of the uh, the book that he has written about uh, his investigation of Harvey Weinstein and breaking that story. And it's it's pretty fascinating overall. You know, I knew a lot of the details. Stuff's been you know coming out over the years. And Of course, Weinstein just was convicted and found guilty which is i think you know it's good news uh there's still a lot of ramifications to be had from that and obviously a lot of people who probably assisted him in his uh in his ways over the many many years that yeah. will never be punished but nonetheless it's it's a really interesting look into the world of of bad hollywood people and uh insightful and hopefully a good lesson for future Asshole moguls to not be asshole moguls.
1: Yeah, that'd be nice.
0: Yeah, Catch and Kill, Ronan Farrow, good podcast, listen to it. Craig, since we're talking about things we've been listening to and uh, it feels only natural, then I should ask you, what else you've watched? It's been a while, so I'm imagining you watched at least like two other things since last December.
1: Yes, I've seen two full movies Okay, in that time. Was Uh,
0: uh, one of them the Playmobil movie? No. Mm.
1: And I'm going to keep it real brief. Uh, I'll just keep it in my favorites. I, I watched a movie called Game Night uh, with Jason Bateman and, uh, wow, who else who in that? A great, a really great, very funny cast. Isn't
0: Jennifer Aniston in it?
1: Uh, no. She's not? i to <laughs> No, it's uh, okay. Rose Byrne, I think. Is oh, it? sure. No, 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 yeah. no. It's, it's, uh, this is, this is, welcome to our movie <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> Rachel, uh... uh um. Vice? McAdams. Rachel McAdams. McAdams, Oh, I
0: love Rachel McAdams. Okay.
1: Bateman and McAdams have some great bits in there. Like as far as I'm concerned, like some classic comedy scenes in this movie. It's so worth checking out. Um, Heard nothing but good
0: things about that movie.
1: It it really is. I mean, it's it's like I I kind of thought I knew where it was going and yeah, and it didn't know. seem
0: like much just based on the trailers. No. You know, it's like okay, there's a group of people playing games. That was their setup for a comedy. Eh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Exactly, exactly. It sounds like it's it's too easy, mm-hmm. but they don't they don't take the easy way out. It's it's a lot of fun. Great. Uh, and then I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I liked a lot, and uh, Marriage Story, which I really like. Uh, i loved that like that yeah. just hit me on the right day at the right time and i just i just wanted to watch that movie and like study it like scene by scene it was some of the best drama i've seen in a long time and finally uh i finally watched Locke, which i thought i knew what that was
0: the tom hardy film yeah i i really like that movie it's yes if you don't Dude. know it's like the premise basically is that tom hardy is in a car for an entire movie
1: yeah exactly and and, and like i thought it was going to be and i didn't read anything about it and Mm -hmm. i I thought it was going to be this thriller where it's like he's trying to get somewhere and like somebody's going to die or blow something up and he's got to he's making his calls trying to figure out what's going on nope it's no it's a totally a drama but it is so tense it is so tense it's like it's like my worst possible day it just felt like the worst possible day that you could be in and you're just in this car with him and uh the main thing i think is you know I'm not really someone who would necessarily cheat on my wife but if I was <laughs> yeah watching that movie and certain scenes of it mm-hmm. just made me feel like I, I now I will definitely never I never want to have to make any calls like this yeah in my entire life it was awful and by that I mean really really great well hopefully
0: um, between that and marriage story yeah you're all good <laughs>
1: I, yeah, I think I think I'm going to stick with this one. Yeah, uh, I'm going to see where it takes me. But Sean, uh, I, I, first of all, I hope your marriage is fine. And second, great. What huh? else did you watch?
0: Well, I just I want to piggyback real quickly and say, yeah, I, I absolutely think Tom Hardy should have gotten an Oscar nomination for that film. I thought he was great. That he I mean, it's is really my favorite incredible. role of his, I think. Um,
1: yeah,
0: it's yeah. and yeah. Really overlooked. Uh, also, Marriage Story. You need to go listen to the script notes podcast, which on August, where he had Noah back on, because they go through the entire movie and it's really fascinating. I enjoyed that one well. I watched most of it in the absolute middle of the night at LAX where I was stuck and the airport's lights and noises and announcements were all going on, but <laughs> I powered through it. And yeah, I really I really liked it too. I I, I that might be the best performance I've ever seen Scarlett Johansson give yeah just flat out great and it really is oddly as much as I love Laura Dern and I like her in this movie I can't believe she got an Oscar for that
1: <laughs> interesting I, I you know I didn't even think about the the fact that she got an Oscar for she it she got an Oscar for that yeah I mean it, it's it's a really good role it's fine yeah but, it's you fine. know it, it, I, I guess she's good in more exactly more than it's weird that she got the. it's almost like if yeah if they're giving oscars out to that movie it's like i mean there are some incredible like i I don't know i don't know it's 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 not a race i guess i should say but like Eh, yeah i mean wow like there's a scene in that movie between adam driver and scarlett johansson that is hands down one of my favorite dramatic scenes of all time wow and uh anyway um yeah interesting well interesting
0: I recently rewatched Kramer vs. Kramer, and that makes a really, really good double feature. Uh, sure. w- there's a lot of overlap there, but it, it's interesting how they both deal with them and sort of mirrored story existing as like, oh, what if Kramer vs. Kramer actually told Meryl Streep's story a little bit more than it yeah. does in that movie? And so, yeah, it's a good look. Um, I also saw quite a bit, and I think I'm going to skip some of the more Oscar-y things, although I, I did love Little Women. i got to add that there. Um, and I'm going to point out, I just watched over the weekend The Farewell, the Lulu Wong movie, um, about, uh, it's Aquafina uh, plays a woman who finds out that her grandmother is sick and dying of cancer, but the family is not going to tell her that, and they all just sort of pretend that the cousin is getting married, and that's why they're all coming to China. And... I've read some of the script and it reads so much funnier on the page than how she executed in this very, very specific way. And I think I like the way the movie is done even better than I like the script. So uh, it's worth checking out. That's on Amazon Prime right now. And then let's see what else to watch. I'm going to say I'm going to say The Pharmacist. I just watched this docuseries on Netflix. It's a four parter. It is about a man who works as a pharmacist in New Orleans whose son, uh, I think around the age of 21 in the late 90s, was killed in a drug deal. And he becomes kind of obsessed with figuring out exactly what happened and who murdered his son. And at the same time, working as a pharmacist, he begins to notice a very, very large uptick in the number of prescriptions that they're filling for OxyContin and begins to investigate that as well. Just a regular family dude, um, a total dad through and through, Ooh. and it's fascinating, really fascinating stuff um, watching this guy take action. So oh, I want to check that out. Yeah. yeah, The Pharmacist, It's it's an easy one to binge. It's on Netflix. Go watch it.
1: I will throw one more thing out, and it's not like it's like people didn't find or anything, but just finished the entire run of BoJack Horseman last night.
0: Oh my God, you're done with the whole series? Done with the whole series. Uh, I'm envious. Yeah, I'm only I'm still in season two.
1: Well, yeah, I was gonna say like for for a for a show called BoJack Horseman, man this this show has an incredible range of emotion.
0: It's really good. Yeah,
1: and I mean, yeah. I mean, they they completely went for it, and uh, I was just astounded. So anyway, anyone who hasn't finished it yet, uh, yeah, you you, you have. Uh, it, there's a very nice light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, it just so well done and mm-hmm. amazing.
0: Awesome, yeah. I gotta I gotta power through that one. It is uh, very very watchable.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, let's turn our beady eyes. To Ireland, <laughs> Craig.
1: Okay, let's do it.
0: I mean, holy crap! We're going to be right on top of St. Patrick's Day when this is dropping. I didn't even think about that.
1: Yep, totally. Uh, n-
0: nonetheless, now there's no leprechauns in high spirits, but this is the movie written and directed by Neil Jordan. You got Peter O'Toole, Daryl Hannah. Who else is in this? Steve Gutenberg, the Goots, uh, yeah. Beverly D'Angelo, Jennifer Tilly, and her very large hair. Peter Gallagher's in there. Martin Ferrero, who uh, I think listener and frequent co-host Brian Crane pointed out, lawyer in Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. You probably said that in the tee-up. I don't remember. Uh, Connie Booth, many others, an entire cast from Ireland. Uh, And uh, yeah, it's a cool, an hour and 39 minutes comedy fantasy streaming on Amazon Prime right now hot from the ashes of 1988 and Craig. Yeah. I want you to step back in time with me a little bit.
1: Okay. Take my hand.
0: Okay. So we're not doing, we're not doing log lines today. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to imagine that you're a screenwriter or well, you can be Neil Jordan. You be Neil Jordan. Okay. Uh, You just walked into an elevator with me. I'm a mogul at uh what is this tristar i think it was tristar let's just sure. say it was tristar
1: it's fine Everything and is TriStar um
0: you don't really know me i don't really know you but but you're aware of me you know who i am you know what mm-hmm. i can do you know i'm sure whatever i'm wearing has some shoulder pads in it yeah and my hair probably is pinstripes maybe awful. a
1: purple shirt yeah it
0: could be give me an elevator pitch for high spirits we're gonna go from the first floor to let's just say the fifteenth
1: oh wow, uh, no no express okay, good, good um all right, so I've got this idea what, <laughs> what do I need to do? Should I do an accent?
0: Irish accents are optional, oh, okay, if not required
1: i don't know <laughs> I don't know if I can hold, keep that up uh all right, you know uh you know the uh you know the Ghostbusters? No, that's okay. terrible. What yeah, was that? L-
0: let me stop you right there. I'm, I, I'm not uh, yeah. going to.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> I'm in Los Angeles. I, I run TriStar. Okay. You're out the door with this accent here.
1: Okay. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, hi, I'm I'm Neil Jordan. Perhaps you've heard of me. I made The Company of Wolves. No? All right. Well, no, no, no clue. Uh, there are a couple movies I, I, I'm sure you remember helping to make <laughs> yeah. one of them. One of them, uh, no, um, you, you know, uh, kids really like these Ghostbusters and Beetlejuice movies lately. Hmm. Uh, here's my idea, you know, let's let's throw some ghosts and some comedy together. Uh, think about this: we're talking about a castle in in let's say Ireland, right? And uh, the owner of it's trying to rent it out as a bed and breakfast, but nothing's working. And then he says, you know what? What if it's haunted? And so then he he tries to start. I don't know how I would pitch this to be honest, Sean. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to go through, trying to go through without uh, totally giving. The, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's a haunted castle in Ireland. Look, we've uh, only got
0: three floors. You just spoil what you need uh, to spoil. Okay.
1: Okay. The point of it is, you got Steve Gutenberg, you got Peter Peter O'Toole, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Steve Gutenberg's going to fall in love with a ghost even though his wife is there. And then it's Daryl Hannah, so everything's fine. And Liam Neeson, there he is. Look at him. And then there's hmm. dancing. Ding.
0: All right. <laughs> that, that uh, was a before I go make a better movie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just tell me one thing. Mm. Can we get Liam Neeson to fart in the shower?
1: Uh, not a problem.
0: All right, Liam Neeson Ghost farts. You're greenlit.
1: Absolutely. Okay. The things yeah. were easier in the '80s.
0: <laughs> they really were. Obviously, no.
1: Yeah. Um, I think you know
0: you did a fair job pitching that no. there. No, I don't think I, I, did. I put you right on the spot, but uh, I don't know that you left anything absolutely crucial out I of like, this. By well,
1: the way, I like that, and I would be happy if we did that every single time. We will. Okay.
0: Okay, well, there's one thing you left. I mean, every good movie needs a turn, right? Yes. So the turn in this movie is that mm, Beverly D'Angelo, she's not just there because her husband forced her to take a wacky vacation. Sure. She's there because it's her father. Right. Who's trying to force these guys out of business, who's going to take over this castle in three mm-hmm. weeks' time if they can't make some hard cash. Right. But Steve Goots doesn't know that,
1: does he? Goots doesn't know Goots knows oh Goots doesn't know that at all.
0: He did not.
1: He doesn't know that his father-in-law owns the castle.
0: Yep. Mm. Well, I was going to, yeah. Okay. So that is high spirits in an elevator. Right. Um, probably an elevator, which I did also fart in. And um no. it was the 80s. I'm gonna ask you this now. Please. Did this movie fulfill the promise of that pitch of what you thought it might be, Greg Moorhead?
1: Well, first I have to say, I didn't really have a good grasp on what this movie was going to be going in.
0: <laughs> I can't imagine why.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, ha- having seen it now, I kind of understand that. <laughs> yes. But yeah, like I knew Daryl Hannah was a ghost mm-hmm. and I knew Steve Gutenberg wasn't a ghost Mm -hmm. And I knew there was a castle involved and there would be some Peter O'Toole, but I didn't know what any of those relationships would be about or what any of the conflict would be in there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, It, it, it couldn't have, I can't say it lived up to what I was hoping it would be because kind of what it ended up being was, was kind of hard to grab onto for a while
0: for mm-hmm. me anyway
1: when while i was watching it so it's like your
0: hands go right through it you know
1: it, it's, it's as if you <laughs> you're scalping you, uh, yeah scal- scalping yeah oh jeeves, yeah but we'll but it, but it's true yeah i mean the uh i can't say that it i don't but then again there was plenty of ghosts plenty of ghosting <laughs> and plenty of like like uh you know uh, effects work and so on so i mean that stuff didn't disappoint what, I, what about you
0: that's a big no for me, the okay. tri-star mogul, and I'll tell you mm. why. Oh, boy. You brought up Ghostbusters. You brought a Beetlejuice. Uh, yeah, well. What do those two movies have that this movie doesn't have? The laughs. They don't have that's the true. laughs and high yeah. spirits, and they don't have the character work. No. and, and That's right. where they got in trouble, I think. Well, maybe. there's There could be other troubles, but I think that's... From a story level, that's what's holding this movie back. Also, there's nobody, there's nobody getting high in this movie at all. I don't know why they called it High Spirits, Greg.
1: I know that's another part of it that kind of feels like, <laughs> well, well. So here's the thing: we know, at least uh, we think we know. We've been told that the movie was taken away from Neil Jordan at that's some point. True. And and reworked, and. It certainly, to me, feels like that I, I can see the seams. Uh, or at least it feels like I can see the seams. Like starting out, this movie seems to almost be starting at the end of Act 2.
0: <laughs> yes, okay.
1: And, you I know what I mean? wanted to get to that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, and I don't mean to jump ahead anywhere.
0: No, I'll give a specific reason why I think you're absolutely right.
1: Okay, yeah, please.
0: It's because there's no love whatsoever between Steve Gutenberg and Beverly D'Angelo. And that's just, uh. that is a hard place to start a couple from, like your main sort of couple in a sure. movie. It's just yeah. hard to start from there and really go anywhere with it because right. you, but in, you, it's, it's easy to dislike both people in that mm-hmm. instance. Mm-hmm. and because if this, they're
1: just like bickering and stuff like that and it's he, just like yeah that's the course. thing
0: yes and it's it's hard i think to get comedy from i like kept waiting i was like when is beverly d'angelo gonna be funny i know she can be funny yeah. when is she gonna be funny and she doesn't really get to be funny i think until the very like very end probably for me well
1: yeah and and you're right i mean this is this is a major failing of character work or at least uh, or if there was the character work, which honestly, I feel like there had to be some because mm-hmm. it feels like a, around the time Goots meets Daryl Hannah, he sort of starts talking in a way that makes it, that implies like he has a character, Yeah, but it's just, it's like, this is the first I'm hearing of any <laughs> of this stuff, you yes. know, of, of like, like whatever, I, I can't make up my mind or I, you know, whatever these these failings of his like you haven't been introduced to any of that stuff and and but that is the thing yeah like beverly d'angelo is sort of playing the bitch oh yeah and then it's just like that's not very fun unless she's like a super bitch and she's kind of not she's just like
0: Catherine o'hara in beetlejuice for example is
1: exactly very funny
0: version of this character
1: yes uh yeah and and honestly knowing the way the movie ends Mm-hmm. i want both of them and i don't see why this and, and i would love to see if this actually exists but like you kind of need to like both of these people you just need to know that they're not happy with each other
0: i think so yep
1: so and but like marriage that story is for example <laughs> yeah yeah it needed exactly. a little
0: more marriage story in this movie
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it makes me wonder i mean if if this movie was two hours long uh, if, if there was actually like, I don't know, 20 minutes before we meet Peter O'Toole, ready to hang himself after getting a phone call. And it's just like, what? Yeah. Where are we? Oh, let's pretend like our place is haunted. Wait, what? What's happening? Um, It feels very, yeah, it feels like they cut out a lot of stuff that might have been happening at the beginning.
0: I will allow, you could be right about that. I had not really considered the fact that there could be footage prior to what we see at the beginning. Cause I had a hard time thinking, It's like, what would an alternative version of this look like? I'm really curious to know, especially, um, you know, I think there was some mention of it being more grounded a little bit and less directly comedic, which, I may yeah, maybe that is the case because it does feel like there were times where they weren't going for like real obvious jokes and then other times where the just the jokes fell a little flat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um okay. Well I don't want to just crap on it. No. Yet. So why don't we start <laughs> we'll
1: crap on it plenty. Give
0: me the later. goods. What did you right. like about this movie?
1: Uh I liked a lot of stuff about the movie, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh obviously I, I I like the world that we're set in. That's fun. I like just the
0: primarily the castle.
1: Right. The There's castle, a little bit
0: outside here and there, you know.
1: Yeah. Um, that's fun. While, while I definitely agree that the laughs are not here, like, like so many of the gags are just so telegraphed Mm -hmm. that it's just not like, they just don't land very well. But that being said, I really kind of love this whole, this whole family of the castle, (laughs) these people who work in the castle. Yeah. Uh, to the point where, yeah, I, I wish there was more of them. I wish there was more... I wish there was funnier of them, I guess I should say. I wish there were, like things were a little sharper, but you know, yeah, again, almost immediately the movie starts off with Peter O'Toole on a phone with somebody and then coming with this idea that, well, what if the castle is haunted? Maybe people would come. And so then they start trying to develop these fake haunts in the castle. Mm-hmm. And like, none of that makes any sense, but it is kind of fun. It is, and I do yes. enjoy that energy coming in, and then I mm-hmm. enjoy like the the tourists coming in after that. And um it, you know what it like, reminded
0: me of, like that chunk of the movie. What's that? I mean, a little bit like Young Frankenstein. Like there, there's like something about that. And then like I thought of Clue a little, maybe even sure. tr- like Transylvania six five oh oh. I'm like or yeah. six six five thousand six five thousand, yeah. Michael Richards, like there, I don't know, like I haven't seen the movie in so long, but yeah, there's something fun about like just this, this like group of people and you've got that hierarchy to it. Right. Yeah. Where there's like people in charge and they're given tasks. And like, I feel like that's, you know, there's a thread of that a little bit, in young Frankenstein. Oh, this is a very differently tuned type of comedy, but yeah, I, you're, you're right. Like it, it was telegraphed, but fun. And right. the actors were unfamiliar to me and and they looked believable in their roles and all that stuff. Like they were right. they were just like part of it.
1: There are two gags in the movie. Uh, one of which was just a solid funny gag. And the other one was, I think, completely stand out to the point that I'm surprised I've never just seen it sort of clipped for YouTube. Uh, mm. And and we can get to that later or I can spill the beans right spill now. It. Spill it. So the first one that I really liked was uh, shortly after Goot's uh, meets Daryl Hannah, and what happens? I think he he thinks that he takes some bad pills and kills himself.
0: He's trying to take his wife's Valium. He's drunk. He's miserable. Oh yes, he's drunk yes. and miserable
1: because he because he doesn't. As he says, "Thank God, he doesn't know what he wants. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one can depend on him, and he doesn't know what he wants. He gets real drunk, and he kind of wants to tough this done. ghost. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <He's gotta laughs> we'll get to the glossary so he later. He says it was a ghost, yeah. yeah, but uh, but yeah. So he so he takes Valium on. Do you think he took him on purpose?
0: Well, he was drunk, so I don't think you can really
1: right. I
0: mean, in the moment, yes, yes.
1: Okay. Well, but they weren't so, Valium. Regardless. He wakes up and thinks he's dead. And then you have this scene with no real introduction where his his wife is like putting makeup on in the mirror and he's standing like right next to her face. And he's like, I know you can't hear me, but I just want you to know that I like... That since I've died and blah blah blah. And he does this whole thing and she's like, shut up. <laughs> like, yeah. And because he's standing right there. I thought that gag was fantastic. Like that was probably the funniest. But that's the
0: beauty of the gag, right? Because they let it play out. So it's just like you're just waiting for her to cause you know she's gonna erupt on him.
1: I even saw that coming a mile away, and I don't think I've ever seen it. I don't ever think I've ever seen that gag done exactly that way or maybe exactly right i thought it was a really well done thing but the thing i mm-hmm. thought was fantastic was later in the movie and i i mean this is apropos of almost nothing like everyone's in this great room that has a stage and the stage they've set up to have these like waves and stuff because they were trying to put on the show when the people first came and the yeah. ghosts take over all those props and the and the scene setting Mm-hmm. In this, like, I guess, I guess you could maybe see the influence of Beetlejuice. Although I don't think Beetlejuice was out before they started shooting this. Yeah, I writing. think they came out the same yeah. year. It's mm-hmm. like uh, this: this storm whips up on the stage, and so water's being just thrown at everybody in the audience, and like this squid comes, and, and the squid, all this stuff on the stage is like made out of paper and you know wood, wood and, and stuff. And props. Yeah. But but it reacts stage in a design. real way, and like it reaches out, and like the squid. That's all just wood and paper, like reaches out with a real tentacle out into their, (laughs) into the group and like grabs a Mm -hmm. kid and takes a kid back. And they're like, oh no, you know, throw them a life preserver. So they throw a real life preserver and it turns into like paper and wood and like lands in the water. Like, and it goes on for a good while. And the whole time that was happening, I was like, this is great. I could watch this movie for a long time. I thought that was, I thought that was really awesome um
0: yeah it's crazy and it's almost like michelle gondry-esque yes, like you know with totally. the kid turning into like a prop you know yes. he, he then becomes like this this like stage design part of the scene yes and uh yeah i thought that was really it's cool. a very it a really cartoon cool
1: logic to it and it doesn't mm-hmm. really reflect i don't think anything else that happens in the movie but
0: no, but no. it's super
1: fun <laughs> it's super fun yeah so that that was a couple of my Agreed. great highlights from this one what about you
0: uh, I liked both of those moments. I enjoy, I enjoyed Peter O'Toole. I just uh, you know, yeah. I, he doesn't come across as Irish at all. <laughs> that's okay. I know he's part of the bigger. Uh, he's part of the kingdom. Yeah. But um, you know he's chewing up the scene. I mean he's oh, almost wow. in a yeah. different movie, yes. and yet you sort of need that. Like I was trying to think of it, like. who else would you cast and like, what would be just a completely different version of that that would still be good? I mean, maybe there's like the guy that barely talks, you know, um, who's like the opposite of that, but I don't know. I I enjoyed the energy and I don't think he just phoned it in. Like he gets a lot of sort of monologuing um, in the way that you kind of want him to, I guess. Yes. Um, I did laugh quite a bit at the moment where <laughs> the Americans arrive to the castle and the Irish staff has they've set everything up. They're going to try to scare them on the way in. And so they've got a woman in the trees and they've got a person, uh, uh, like on a, I can't remember, like on a, on a pulley system that's going to fly by. There's a woman on a horse mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And the woman that's in the trees ends up falling on top of the bus as it goes by. And, uh, <laughs> There's that. There's just a moment where Steve Goomer, like he he opens up part of what is like almost like a sunroof or something. Yeah, well um, that? Yeah, yeah, and he's like trying to help this lady out, and they're just both like screaming at each other, and uh, that was funny to me. I was like, okay, like if this is the energy of this the movie from here on out, like we're we're good. Like I can I'll laugh at that kind yes. of stuff, you know, and uh, especially like it's just like a lot of overlapping dialogue and just mass hysteria. I mean, kind of like the scene that you described where the, the stage show kind of comes to life sure. and creates this massive storm. Um, I, I thought that was kind of fun. Like there's good energy in those, in those moments. And, uh, there's a talking horse
1: in the yeah, movie, a which horse looks puppet. V- it's kind of creepy,
0: very weird, yeah. but kind of funny. Uh, Liam Neeson does indeed fart. Uh, Liam Neeson goes farts, Fantastic. 2020. Uh, there's a whistling fish in the movie, and yes. uh, I don't know those moments of weirdness. I appreciate it absolutely, and kind of wanted a little more.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I did like the line, Craig. The kids in this movie don't get a ton of ton of screen time. They are the children of Martin Ferrero, who plays Malcolm. He just so happens to be a parapsychologist from Duke University, who's there to study the claims of this castle being haunted. Uh his wife Connie Booth uh is, plays character March. Mm-hmm. One of the kids though, I don't I don't remember even the context. I think it was maybe um Gutenberg was talking something about it being you know, hoping that the kids weren't scared or whatever. And one of the boys just says, Didn't you see Nightmare on Elm Street? Give me a break. <laughs> I love that kind of like eighties like just Braddy Oh,
1: that's great.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it totally works for me every time. Every time. And uh, yeah. So those are some highlights from me. Can't have highlights without lowlights, Craig. Let's let's hit some of the bad stuff in this <sighs> movie. And there is some bad stuff, I
1: think. There right is there. some bad stuff. I mean, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you start Bo- with lowlights this let's time. I'm, I'm not gonna start. You want me thunder. to start? Yeah. Um, there's just
0: some abhorrent effects, and I, you know, I part of me is wondering, is like, is is it supposed to be this bad mm-hmm. or not? Uh, wire work, the phone is supposed to be levitating, like the receiver back up to the cradle. You, uh, I did watch this movie projected on a screen. You can absolutely see the filament line completely wow. uh, multiple times in this movie. You can see wires and filament line where I don't think you're supposed to be able to do so. Right. Um, I did watch, there's a uh, an on-set interview with the uh, one of the effects guys who's was claimed to be responsible for making Superman fly in the original Superman film. And uh, they didn't talk about it as if, like, this is going to be, like, hilariously bad special <laughs> effects. But there's some bad stuff. I mean, there's a rotating bed, which that effect, I think, works yep. well. and But then it goes shooting out... You know, it falls through several floors. And goes flying down the stairs and that stuff was just it just didn't hold up as looking great to me there's some green screen blue screen stuff mm-hmm. that's definitely dated and you know look so is, so is some of the stuff in Ghostbusters so is some of the stuff in Beetlejuice uh I get it I think though just more effective right. uh, effects in those films this movie didn't have anywhere near that budget uh certainly with Ghostbusters don't know about Beetlejuice uh and it shows I think at times yeah Ah, uh, beyond that, yeah. To me, it is just—it's uh, a big failure of establishing those characters, kind of like what we talked yes. about. There's no real indication. Well, it takes a while uh, that Gutenberg is sort of going to be the protagonist in a love story, which ultimately, I—I th- I, I think this is, I yeah. guess. And uh, you, you're right. We already said it. You kind of need that. Instead, he's in a miserable place with his wife who is miserable. And that's like, a, you know, it just, it's, it's setting you off on a hard trajectory to overcome in a comedy. I think there's just too much yelling at times mm-hmm. between them. And uh, again, I wanted her to be funnier, mm-hmm. Beverly D'Angelo. I, I could say that about all the women in this film. Jennifer Tilly doesn't get a ton to do. Uh, she could be funny, but that whole relationship with Peter Gallagher, to me, feels like it probably was victim to the in room floor. Yeah. And then, Craig, I don't know if this is my biggest complaint, but it's, it's a big one. It takes, I clocked it, 34 minutes for Daryl Hannah to show up, and that is the first real indication that there's an actual ghost yes. in this castle. And before that there's really no indication at all. In fact, it it's it's working to tell you the exact opposite. I just think that's I think that's too long. I think if the movie had had like some sort of cold open where we knew mm-hmm. there was something going on at this castle that nobody else knew, that might have helped. But we needed I needed something. I needed something else from the supernatural realm to get me through that first 34 minute chunk yes. and make me excited anticipating that. Even though I knew it from the synopsis that at some point Real ghosts, we're going to enter the equation here. And you know what? I'll piggyback that by saying, I should have complimented, I liked Daryl Hannah in this movie. Hey, me too. No complaints about her. She got a Razzie nomination. I think that's unfair. I thought she was perfectly fine. She's not Irish, but I think she sold that character well. And again, she didn't look like she was phoning in anything. She looked like she believed the part that she was playing. There's some shit I don't understand about it whatsoever. (laughs) The swap at the end, maybe you can fill me in on that one. No clue um but it wasn't because of her I
1: no think. no a- agreed the the fact that she got a razzie is is completely beyond me i have no idea why anyone unless like unless that At was really, didn't win. like unless that was truly the worst performance of that year meaning yeah maybe it was a good really yeah, good year. everything else was better than that then we, we were very lucky I, I have my doubts yeah Craig. me too uh but I, yeah, I mean, I don't have anything much different to say except. Uh, no, I just I don't have anything much different to say. Uh, it's It really is all a, a failure of character. If any of these characters had really been fleshed out in the first place, I think a lot of these gags would have worked a lot better. You're looking at a bunch yeah. of people just sort of being yelly and being energetic and trying to make that funny. And sometimes that works. But again it's kind of like, you know, even with the uh, Peter O'Toole um you know if if I'd gotten a little bit of background on him and like like is he like an old great theater actor or something that would explain <laughs> sure a lot. Sure seems like it. Uh, it would. Yeah, I mean it? I mean yes. both in how he acts about everything but also
0: Yes, it's all a performance. It, like even like what he's presenting to these clients. Well, his, exactly, you
1: know? and and like that was one of the things. Not that I got, st- I I didn't really think about this until later because I was kind of letting the movie do what it wanted to do. But, but his idea is I'm going to sell this place as a place, the most haunted place in Ireland, and so people got to come and see it. <laughs> <Yeah>. But are you, <sighs> you you can't imagine that you're going to swing somebody from a rope and make people think that's a ghost like that's what a stupid person would do you know like unless you're trying to make a bad haunted house and make that what's fun like none of that kind of made sense and mainly because i didn't know who this guy was like i figured like you could just put on a record of spooky sounds at night and tell people that was the ghost and like they'd believe it more than they'd believe what was going on here
0: well and i wasn't sure like are they saying that, you know, just come, it'll be like a, like a spooky fun, like a haunted house. Well, that's, you know, that's what I n- didn't understand. Like it, yeah. Right. I know. And that like, that could have been clarified so easily by exactly what you're saying. Like if O'Toole had been a performer of some kind, this is what we do. It's about, we're going to put on the best damn show and turn this into the the coolest haunted house kind of, you know, whatever, like, you know, uh, but instead, no, I mean, in fact, I think there was a line, like one of the staff says something to him when he announces the plan is like, but there are no ghosts here. And he says, we'll invent them, you know? Right. And so like, it just like, yeah, was missing that sort of clarity because you're right. Like the first thing they start doing is putting these like impossibly fake limbs, arms
1: yeah. on the, on front the bus, bus. Yeah, It seems very yeah. like, it seems like it the spirit is fun? very sort of campy and fun. But yes. then why would somebody like Malcolm come then?
0: Exactly. Like it just it didn't like it didn't gel. Yeah. Exactly.
1: And and I'm not sure that any amount of like extra footage would make that totally gel, but but then I don't know. Could have could have helped. It, it could have helped. I mean, yeah, yeah. for me a
0: couple little tweets. What
1: I kept thinking was like I could see a version of this that starts off like long, long ago when Mary was actually killed, like on the night she was killed or something. And so you kinda of yeah. have a scary scene there. And then you're with, you know, b- between husband and wife. And then, you know, next scene, you're in present day with Goots and Beverly D'Angelo, wherever they're coming from, California or whatever. And and so then then we get we get a thi- we get a scene of their relationship as they're like packing to get out here. And like, why are we going? My dad says we gotta go. What I don't know, that doesn't make any sense. And and we kind of mm-hmm. get like a real sense of their relationship. And we know all of that before they even get there. Uh and then and then you have O'Toole doing his thing. I don't know. Um
0: Did they ever say what uh Gutenberg does, like what his character does for a living?
1: Not that I remember.
0: <laughs> it's a weird thing to leave out.
1: It really is.
0: Yeah. No clue. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no clue at all. And and yeah, again, when, when he when he meets Mary finally. Yeah, this is the line I wrote down. You can't depend on me. No one can depend on me. My wife would never understand. I don't know what I want. I just don't. And like when he says that in the movie, that's all completely out of the blue. Yeah. Completely. Like none of that makes any real sense. Like we don't see him as a struggling person in any sense, besides the fact that he's with his wife on this vacation and she doesn't seem nice. But like you have no larger sense of, of who he is. So, yeah.
0: There was another little like temporal moment, uh, like that in the movie where, you know, with Daryl Hannah, Mary, who plays Mary, uh, she is the ghost that is, is, stuck in this castle basically on a loop because she was mm-hmm. murdered by Liam Neeson, her husband to be on the night that they got married because he thought she was cheating on him. So they sort of reenact the murder every single night for the past 200 years. Uh, at one point, Gutenberg is involved in a conversation where, and I think it's with O'Toole's mother who explains something about how the spirits actually can come to life. Uh, one night a year on it's either the night before it's like Halloween Eve or, or the, the night of Halloween. Mm-hmm. And, it's like, well, that's tomorrow night. It's just, like, that's, <laughs> yeah. We're over an hour into the movie when they like make that declaration. Yes. It's just like, why? Why didn't you put that up front? That just adds to the entire vibe of this supposed to be like a scary experience for these people. Like, yes. Embrace the fact that it's going to be Halloween. Make it like a ticking clock over this whole thing. Uh, and then add an extra layer that, oh, by the way, the ghosts, they, they come back to they become real uh on that night. So it was just like oh you're killing me with these little things like
1: well, that. Well that is bizarre. Yeah, like it, it feels like so long to get to that and yet again mm-hmm. it feels like the 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 whole first 30 minutes feels so rushed. Like yeah. like like you are dropped in the middle of this thing. There's a whole thing at about the half hour mark uh where there's this whole speech about how much they love this place and their love for this for the Plunkett's castle and all that. And, and even that kind of comes out of nowhere. Like you, you, yeah, you were just thrown into this mix of people and, and it's, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of like that. Like you're really rushed at the beginning and you go through this stuff and then, yeah, like this, this, I don't know. It, it seems like everything should have been set up by then, but it feels like somebody decided we got to get through this movie as quickly as possible. Like whatever route yeah. that takes, like we got to just do it. Uh,
0: you know who it was? Who was it? It was that guy in that elevator, that Tristar? I knew it. The shoulder pads. Yeah.
1: You know what? It's probably because my pitch was so bad.
0: Now, I will say the more you're talking about it, the more I'm like, yeah, I think, you, you know what? Yeah, it's like some of this stuff absolutely could have been completely ruined in the editing room, um, just from pace of act one, that kind of stuff, like that you're sure. kind of harping on here. Yep.
1: Well, I, I, on okay. that note, actually, before you go on, there was one yeah. place in particular that I think anyone could look at and say, like something, something here was very, what was really retooled in editing. Uh, there's a bit where, uh, what is it? I, I want to say it's it's shortly after Peter Gallagher gets shoved out the window by the nuns. I think.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, the nuns with the, like, uh, Jawa eyes. Yeah,
1: yeah, the nuns with the Jawa eyes, which...
0: I like those. Which,
1: yeah, again, uh, yeah. Talk about out of the blue. But, um, so Tilly goes into Gallagher's room, Mm -hmm. and she steps inside the door. And then we cut to Malcolm, the parapsychologist, and he's walking somewhere else. He's walking through the castle with his equipment. And then we cut back to Tilly in Gallagher's room and the way it cuts back to her like he's walking uh uh I want to say he was walking like screen right to screen left and we cut back to her and she's looking screen right which kind of feels like she's watching him walk through the castle but she's not because she's inside of a room yeah
0: she's in a different room
1: yeah and then and then it cuts back to him, and he has this whole weird thing with a fish on the wall that a bloody hand shoots out of and grabs his throat.
0: <laughs> yep, forgot about which that. Which also
1: yeah. like comes to nothing, but it's just like it is kind of freaky. Uh,
0: it is, but it's more more gruesome things in the Yeah, movie.
1: but it kind of felt like I think that was supposed to be a sequence of its own, but maybe there was stuff in there that had to be Possibly. cut out totally so they could cut it down. And so they just yeah. mixed it together. It's 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 pretty pretty crazy, the way that's put together. But anyway, you were saying.
0: Well, I got one last mm -hmm. question for you. The hardest question of all. Every writer hates to hear this. What's the movie really Mm. about, Greg?
1: I'm I'm glad you asked. Because I've been thinking about this the whole time. And I don't have an answer. But I have lots of (laughs) thoughts. Yes. I mean, so uh, I think it's pretty easy to... Uh, zero in in sort of a ballpark sense on family, uh, because Plunkett's okay. dealing with family problems, and clearly there's lots of marriage yes. problems, which would seem to have something to do with family. Um,
0: yes, Beverly D'Angelo's father is a yes. factor in their marriage that Jack doesn't like, and yes, Malcolm's whole family is there. There's little bratty kids who it's all Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. Yes,
1: and. You know, and and everyone's haunted. So here's the thing: so the movie, <laughs> the movie starts off with this idea that, uh, you know, like this, this haunting is good. Like if we haunt some people, we'll we'll come out ahead. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, as it goes on, of course, the haunting seems worse and worse. Except that because of the haunting. Two of our main characters end up happier than they've ever been in their lives at the
0: end. I would argue uh, you could add two more characters, one of whom who has now given up the uh, priesthood. Oh, that's true. (laughs) uh, uh, In
1: favor of uh, probably going to
0: go bone Jennifer Tully.
1: Although that relationship makes less sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then, I mean, it certainly makes logical That's sense. That's saying something. Right. <laughs> it certainly makes logical sense. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm trying to follow this thread because, yeah, it's because they...
0: Yeah, okay, so No,
1: no, it, it's it's just that... So the whole reason that Beverly D'Angelo and Steve Gutenberg are there is because Beverly D'Angelo's father wants her to, what, spy on the people there? I don't know what the spying is supposed to accomplish...
0: Was well, she supposed to sabotage? As ge- oh, was she? Oh, because I, I took it just as a general sense of um, confirm that the place is actually failing and not gotcha. Whatever, whatever Plunkett is saying, it is. Yeah, it's actually doomed. But I, I don't know. Sabotage, maybe. maybe, uh, maybe
1: like, like, like maybe sabotage. make sure it's failing. Even although I don't. I, I mean, can't you say think does it when, anything like that.
0: No, but that could have been like a plot point is like, oh my God, like these people are actually starting to like this, Dad. What do we do? And like you, I don't care what you do. Just make sure it goes poor. Right,
1: right, right. So she she does seem like our villain. Um, hmm. I feel like I'm losing the thread. <laughs> I maybe there's not enough yeah. thread here. What, what about you?
0: I think we ran out of thread. Yeah. I don't have a great answer for that. I like your theory about it being how, you know, we're all haunted by something. And uh, but I do think the family is a big big part of it, and certainly, yeah. Peter O'Toole has some things to work out with his dad, his dear departed yeah. father. And he does and more they, or less, right? They, they, do they hug at the end. They so, hug, but he falls right through him. Well, he's a scalp and gives a very bad reaction shot from the floor. Peter O'Toole, yeah, uh, Academy Award winner. <laughs> and uh, now I don't know. Beyond that, I just it feels like something that happened right. because Neil Jordan had some heat behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there was an appetite for a comedy with special effects mm-hmm. and that is probably it. They got a good cast. They got a good cast.
1: True. True. They really there are get.
0: certain, you know, as we talked in the tee up, there are things here that would have felt like they would have added up to a modest hit at the, at the least.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, Imagine if these characters were rock solid characters. And given the rest of the story, I feel like, I feel like that might've been all you needed. If you really just knew where Mm -hmm. people were coming from, I think this movie could, would improve a a lot.
0: Yeah. But what we have, I think it's real. Yeah. I think you're, you're having a stretch, you're having a pool thread that's not there to try and attach some sort of bigger Point or purpose or meaning to it all because it is, it is non-existent. And if that happened in the editing room, then 100% shame on the studio yeah. for removing that. Because like, yeah, if you messed up the jokes, you already hurt the entire point of right. this, and then you don't even have like a real sort of like theme, like a through line. Uh, to your story and then the whole thing falls apart so it
1: does feel like like if if i was a studio who was making bad decisions i might say uh i don't like this movie so cut it down so that it's just as much special effects stuff as we can do like just string out all the special effects stuff and then we're out
0: yeah give me a couple jokes give me jennifer tilly's legs uh beverly d'angelo's naked silhouette in the shower We'll put it in the trailer and we're done. Oh,
1: well, wait a second. I have a question. That
0: guy in the TriStar elevator is just not a good guy. He's not guy. a good
1: guy. And he, he's he's, he's, headed, he's headed for a real downfall. Uh, but you know what? I have a question because maybe this has an easy answer, but I forgot about it until right now. There is a part of the movie, and, I, and of course I have no idea what led up to it because so little of the movie sort of feels attached but there's a moment where O'Toole and, and Goots are drinking together. I think it's right after he finds out that his, his wife's father-in-law is wants to shut yeah. down the thing.
0: Yep, he gets drunk.
1: And so they get drunk together. And at some point, they drink some of what O'Toole says is his father's brew. Yep. And they both have these really weird reactions. O'Toole's reaction being the most weird <laughs> reaction <laughs> Uh, and yes. I mean, again, this dude is not phoning it in. He is giving it everything he's got. But they both have this crazy reaction to this weird drink that that when it's poured, you sort of hear this harp go <laughs> And I was, like, I was yes. like, does that stuff have anything to do with anything? It, it just seemed it seemed weird. I, for, it felt like. That moment, and like vice versa, where like the old guy becomes young and the young guy becomes old, you know? Oh,
0: totally. Yeah. We, we did the exact same thing in Red Oaks in one episode. Yeah. But because it was an 80s trope. Yeah. Um, what if this whole thing was just uh, the drunken hallucinization, hallucinations? No hallucinations. Hallucinations from that uh, old brew? The,
1: the only problem with it is it doesn't help anything. <laughs>
0: No, it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't together. help anything at all. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Okay. So I don't want to leave without talking about the ending just a little yes. bit because it is kind of indicative of maybe some of what we're talking about here and things uh, being s- sliced together in a way that clarity kind of goes out the mm-hmm. window. In this case, literally. Actually, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> so, um, I you you just got to take the leap of faith here when I tell you. That Steve Gutenberg falls in love with Mary, seems to legitimately fall in love with yeah. her, even though he's known her for um, barely an hour in the movie. And she's a ghost. And she she is a yeah. ghost and has been dead for over 200 years. And um, Liam Neeson definitely takes a shine to Beverly D'Angelo, yeah. even though he's a ghost. And she doesn't quite seem as receptive, although that doesn't stop Liam Neeson, right? right? He spends a lot of time talking about his bahookies, which I think is slang for he nuts. He really brings up
1: bahookies a lot.
0: I love the bahookies, Yes, uh, he's a very randy Liam Neeson in this quite movie, randy. and gassy. Yes. yes, we know that on Halloween, uh, the ghosts come to life and become solid form objects. Mm-hmm. So this is the opportunity for Gutenberg and Daryl Hannah to toop. Yes. They have sex. They spend a lot of time while they're having sex talking about how they're not supposed to have sex, which was kind of funny, but I didn't understand. Well, I mean, beyond just the principle of it. Here's
1: the thing. That's that's a good question. So O'Toole's mom gives Guts a book, but it's like, here are the rules for falling in love with a ghost. Basically, she didn't really say that, but that's basically the idea. It's like, you're in this situation. Here's something that explains it. And so then he's reading this stuff. And yeah, and there's this whole thing about like, like, like if you tup, it's it's like you're headed to the grave or something. It seemed like a Man, warning, but like don't yeah. do the one thing you want to do. But I didn't understand yeah. exactly why. And having watched the whole movie, I still don't really understand why.
0: I mean, I think like, yeah, they could have just... You just, Gutenberg's like, this is, I know this is morally really, really wrong. Right. <laughs> Complicated. <laughs> you know. Uh, there's some things I liked there beyond just, uh, you know, the obvious. Uh, at one point, and I, I didn't, this is, I should slap myself with the TriStar executives' hand Still. for not expecting us to end up in the shot that we did where suddenly Gutenberg is uh, with a very corpsey-looking corpse Mm. of Daryl Hannah, and now she has reverted to her actual state, which is uh, not lovely at all. And I did like the makeup effects and all that stuff. I thought that was fine. That was very effective compared to some of the other... And, um, you know, there's a little bit... (laughs) And Gutenberg's like, uh, I don't, you know, hey, um, you know, uh, you didn't quite look like this just a moment ago when she's trying to kiss him and stuff, and uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I like the way Gutenberg play it, but Daryl Hannah does kiss him, and it is she's locked onto him, and he seems like he's trying to tap out a little bit from that kiss. Can't blame him. There's no way her breath smells good or tastes good. Cannot. And um, they pull apart. I don't remember she. I don't think she transforms immediately. No, Liam Neeson and Beverly D'Angelo enter the scene, the room. Yeah, and Beverly D'Angelo is like, "Oh, okay. Well, if you're if you're into to this this corpse girl, uh, peace out. I'm gonna go be with Liam Neeson, and he's leading her up." the stairs of the castle up to the upper floors and she's kind of chasing after him. It's very playful.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You get the sense of something else is going on. And Liam Neeson, I think has, has apologized to Daryl Hannah. Um, has asked her if she's truly in love with Steve Gutenberg. She truly is because of course she is his movie. And he's the, uh, yeah, he's
1: the, he's the yeah. love
0: interest. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's God knows he's been very, very charming, uh, up to this point. Right. And, uh, so he leads Beverly D'Angelo upstairs. She finds him sitting in front of the window. He's come to me, darling. And she runs to him and her arms go straight through him. She falls out the window, presumably to her death. Mm-hmm. And when we sort of hand down and we come outside, Gutenberg's running out and oh my God, Sharon, Sharon, Sharon. And she sits up and Beverly D'Angelo is now Daryl Hannah. Mm-hmm. And the opposite is also true. <laughs> and I got, no. I, I was completely befuddled by that. Yeah. I did not receive the information from O'Toole's mom that if you want your ghost friend to stay alive forever, you just need somebody else to die and they'll immediately swap bodies. I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Which I mean, in a different movie, where we believe that Steve Gutenberg is in love with this ghost to uh-huh. an obsessive degree, and he realizes that he kind of wants to kill his wife so he can make this ghost come to life. Could have been funny. You got some conflict there. Yeah, yeah. you got some good drama. Yeah, that could have been um, funny. But yeah, at, at that point in the movie, it kind of felt like, yeah, it's fine. Like that's the only way we're gonna get to this point. You know, <laughs> like right. It, it it wasn't set up. Um. But, you know, it worked out neatly. And I mean, to be honest, like those last five minutes of the movie or whatever, man, it's faint praise, but it's like, that's probably some of my favorite part of the movie. It's like, yeah, yeah, this seems like the end of a fun movie. Yes. And, and, yeah, you get the, you get that stuff and you got, you know, then, then, then you got Goots and, and what's her name dancing in the great hall and then Liam and, Beverly come in and they kind of have a little, oh, we have the Great Hall for, you know, this time of day. And they're like, oh, ghosts yeah. belong out at night, you know, whatever. But it's it's kind of fun and it's and it has a nice they dance up the stairs and as ghosts, and it's kind of like, that's great. Um, but nothing, yeah, nothing really felt like it led to that specifically. Like it was very muddled what the rules of that were, and kind of like, why were there even rules? in a way like it seems like you could have you could have just gotten by on the only way you can make her real is if you actually really love her. Mm-hmm. And like if he's like I don't you can't depend on me. I don't know what I want. Then okay, then that's some conflict. You don't know if you really love her. What if you don't? What if you you know damn her to to a longer hell or something. Mm-hmm. But uh like that wasn't really made apparent. Those stakes weren't really apparent.
0: You're right, Craig. We'll file that under Missed opportunities.
1: Mm. So I don't have
0: a whole lot else to add to this. I think we have a pretty good clear picture on sort of where we stand with the movie and, you know, what we, what we think could have been possible. Um, things that we liked, things that we didn't like. Is there anything else that we didn't touch on, Craig, that you would like to give a little attention to, a little spotlight?
1: There was one other exchange that made me laugh. And okay. and I mean and I really hate to say it that way, but there were basically two parts of the movie that made me laugh, and then there was the stage, uh, scene that that I thought was incredible. But the first thing that made me laugh was Steve Goots thinking that Beverly couldn't see him because he was dead, which was just great. Yeah. And the other one was so our friend Malcolm, the parapsychologist, at some point gets struck by lightning. Yep. And. Because you know, he's and,
0: wearing part of the knight's armor that's in the castle.
1: Yes. And, and because he gets struck by lightning, a very cartoony things ha- thing happens where his <laughs> hair stands straight up. You know, yep. It's that kind of thing. Anyway, later in the scene, uh, in, in like a scene, maybe two scenes later, he's in the room with his wife and he hears something or one of his little uh, you know alarms goes off and he's, he grabs some equipment. He's going to run out to check it out. And his wife stops. She says, wait a second. I smell something smells like burnt rubber, and Ferrero's just standing in there. and He's got such a great deadpan. He's standing in the hall, in the doorway with his equipment. He goes, "Yeah, yeah, that's me," and then he runs out. <laughs> and I was like, "That's that's pretty good. That that, yeah, made it was that. A beautiful timing." Um, I liked that. But other than that, I feel like we covered things. What about you?
0: Well, I want to throw Jennifer Tilly a little love here because yeah. like I said, she doesn't have a ton to do in this movie. I mean, it's from the word go, she's just making eyes at Peter Gallagher, mm-hmm. who is in the uh in the collar, in the, I mean, he's like, you know, still working to become a priest, but nonetheless, he's he's wearing the uniform. And uh she starts talking about why she's on this trip and coming to this castle and it's, it's all to do with an ex-boyfriend who left her, but like she's like, <laughs> he's like He's, he used to worship the devil just like on the side or something like that. He just talks about him being a devil worshiper on the side, which the way she... You that's know, pretty good. Idea. You can imagine a Tilly voice. It, it yeah. worked pretty well. Uh, I, there was a little Gutenberg moment I liked as well when he first discovers, like he kind of ends up in this room. I think it's, uh, I don't remember if that was when he was drunk or not, but uh, this room that nobody else has been into is really dusty and moldy, And that's where sort of the Mary and uh, Liam Neeson character, whose name I can't remember, have their sort of nightly reenactment of the murder, mm-hmm. and so the ghosts come running into this room, and Gutenberg of course is like, "Oh, okay, this is part of, oh wow, like this is this is different than what the hotel was doing earlier in the day. Like this is, uh, yeah, like wow, that's just yeah, you're really doing, it. and like he, <laughs> you know, because like Liam Neeson is like throwing Daryl Hannah on the bed and like getting kind of pretty darn physical with her, and then Gutenberg's right. like, oh. Looks a little rough, but but very real, very real. So it's just like he's like slightly uncomfortable with uh, <laughs> the physical violence here, the domestic situation. But uh, God, I gotta tip my hat to how real this is. Uh, and then, of course, there is a line. I think it's one of the staff members when they're they're having this conversation about you know the castle. The stupidest thing is like the guy wants to buy the castle and move it to Malibu. I guess is what Beverly D'Angelo's right. father. And uh, there, at one point, there's a line. Uh, someone says that. No respectable no respectable ghost would live in California, which... Right. Nice little jab by, sure. by Neil Jordan, I have to imagine. that. Uh, I mean, I guess that's a jab. I don't know. Maybe that's good for California. Well, okay, we don't got ghosts here. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and then last but not least, I would like to uh, acknowledge a website called setthetape.com. Uh, I pulled some information from this from the tee-up last week and couldn't remember the name of the site, but also... They, uh, they being the person that wrote this article, whose name is Tony Black, this was written last year, uh, suggest uh, an X-Files episode, Craig, hmm. that deals in some similar terrain and claims to be more successful. It's from season six called How the Ghost Stole Christmas, and it says that it makes use of the idea of a spooky tryst and a romantic narrative inside a spooky old house. And does so far better, quote, than it does in High Spirits. So, if you're a big X Files fan, or if you want to go back and check that episode out, um, I don't remember that episode. So, no. uh, I'm I'm intrigued by it, especially if there's a Christmas angle. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Sounds so crazy. maybe we'll watch that at some point. But that's all I got for High Spirits. Um, it's out there on Amazon Prime. I think some people have seen this movie. Maybe they saw it in the '80s. Remember it from that time? Be curious to know if people have. Fond recollections of it if you saw it as a child, I definitely 100% think this would have been a movie I would have liked if I had seen it at a certain age. Sure, I think I, you know, I can't imagine that some of the other crap I watched is worse. <laughs> you know, is any worse than this. And there's right. a lot of things I like, so uh, if you saw it in that age, I'd love to know what you thought about it, um, at the time. And then if you've seen it since then, that would be a good. That'd be a good question to follow up with. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about it now? But uh, that's actually, I, I
1: think our one and only Brian Crane.
0: Yeah, I think so. I got that impression. So we may yeah. need
1: to talk with him.
0: Maybe we'll get him on. Yep. Uh, thanks for listening, as always, Craig. Any last words?
1: Uh, everybody, just take care of your bahukis out there.
0: Please get them checked. Yeah. We'll be back next time with another tea up, and we'll see you then. Bye bye. Bye.